Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Backseat GM Podcast. I'm Ben Rauman. And I'm Zach Sperduti. You know, Ben, hindsight is 2020. Yeah. And looking back, uh, it just, you know, shows how far we've come, both as a country, as a society, and as a podcast. And um, we've had our ups and downs. Yeah. We, but, we've definitely um, had our downs. We've had our downs. But, but uh, we've made it to 20 episodes, finally. We have. I think um, that's, I'll drink to that. I will drink to that as well, my friend. And what do you got I, in your hand there? Uh, which hand? Ah. <laughs> I have I have some whiskey. Some scotch. I feel like, you know. What kind of whiskey is it? A little scotch. It's a scotch aged in sherry barrels. Oh. Oh. Not much of a uh, scotch or bourbon or whiskey drinker myself, but uh, you always uh, like to try to tickle my taste buds whenever I, uh, <laughs> whenever I do. Yeah, a little fire in your belly. But uh, speaking of how far we've come, how oh. far the Milwaukee Bucks have come. Just seven, eight short years after being threatened to be moved to Seattle, they're in the NBA Finals for the first time since 1974. <laughs> I, I hate, hate your face. It. I hate, hate your say face. Right I now. told you so, Zach. You, but... you, you told me this four years ago. You didn't tell me this. You told me this every year for the past three years. <laughs> I know. I hate to say I told you so. So mm. I won't. Well, I'm cheers. Gonna, cheers to I'll you. Just let, I'll let right. you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit further. I don't like, you know, some, some, some Bucks fans are jubilant. Some Bucks fans are crying tears of joy. Ben's got this, this air of smugness, like Louis the 14th beheading a peasant that just disobeyed like his order. And it's just like off, you know, you got this air of, air of superior, superiority. <laughs> yeah, well, you got an air of uh poverty franchise, not being in the playoffs, not getting a top, getting a top pick. <sighs> How about that lottery? Didn't we you, get got this? Any, you got any thoughts on the Rockets lottery? Any prospects you got your eye on? Yeah, I think, um, you know, whoever falls to us is going to, uh, you know, we just got to look at our big board and keep a fluid keep a fluid list of, of guys that uh, we should select. <laughs> you haven't looked at, at the draft prospects, have you? I think Leangelo is coming up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought you'd be all over that. I, I You know, it's hard to shift my mindset from championship win now mode to uh, mm. twenty twenty to, tank- to tankathon simulations yeah. every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be uh, that'll be an adjustment, but trust me, you'll you'll get there. You'll be uh, you'll be eyeing the prospects in February. <sighs> if we could only lose this many games, we might be able to have the best odds. I don't want to lose games. I'm gonna win. You don't want 
you don't want to win the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes? No. I want, I want to go. F- you don't want to be the process Sixers. I want to go forty-one and forty-one every year, and hopefully make the eighth seed every now and then, like the like the Hornets or the Magic. You know, Dario Saric, uh, the first player of the process Sixers to make the finals. <laughs> Can we get a round of applause? <laughs> that's 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 oh, wow. something I would have never uh, put money on. <laughs> Tell you what. Wow. Third runner-up for Rookie of the Year behind Joel Embiid and Malcolm Brogdon. Wow. Malcolm Brogdon. Wish he was here for this. What a career he's had. Yeah. I saw Eric Bledsoe like the uh, the Bucks post. He did. He did. Feel bad for the guy. No, you both don't. Of his, both of his former teams in the finals. <laughs> he's sitting at home. You've been slandering. It's like, it's like the anti-Tory Craig. Tory Craig gets a ring no matter who wins this finals this year because he was on the Bucks earlier in the season. Now he's on the Suns. You don't feel bad. You've you slandered Bledsoe ever since he shot 18% and then ever, ever since the... I've slandered him from a basketball standpoint. I think he's a good guy. I feel bad for him on a human level. I don't feel bad that he's not on my team anymore. <laughs> I'd much rather... Uh, <laughs> Not have my starting point guard shoot like effective field goal percentage of fifteen, <laughs> or getting abused by Terry Rozier up and down the floor. <laughs> yeah, Terry Rozier, Goran Dragic, you name it, never ends. Well, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> well, we will get into um, more of Ben's um, raw, unfiltered. That's right. Superiority. <laughs> feeling Come. good. I'm feeling good. But first. Let's do our Kevin McHale's part of the show where Zach and I talk about a beer that we've picked and popped this week. Crafty Hops with Sneaky Athleticism. Zach, what was a beer you enjoyed recently? Well, my dad and I, um, St. Arnold, released their uh, commitment, Imperial uh, Stout, and um, Asian bourbon barrels, as well as non-Asian bourbon barrels. And of the bourbon barrels they chose, they, they used four different types of barrels. Um, Elijah Craig, Old Fitzgerald, uh, Old uh, Weller, and then uh, Strahan from Colorado, and they, you know, that it's a great beer, it's a great stout. But then they also released a little pack, a variant pack. I love their variants. Mm. Well, they get they get in their bag a little bit. They really do. And uh, this time they had four variants, <laughs> and all of them were like around the same <laughs> it was three <laughs> some had more fruit some had more barrel spice you know so there was nuances but it was uh, $50 for three of them <laughs> <laughs> it was all the same beer <laughs> it wasn't all the same all of them were amazing all of them yeah. but they were all generally the same but mm-hmm. um, the first one like had zero head 16.7% so no head no head at all mm-hmm. kind of like my last four years <laughs> um I won't, I won't, I'm not going to go through all four, but the first, third, and fourth were the best. Um, second nice. one was okay. But, uh, um, so. St. Arnold definitely gets in their bag. Oh. When they, uh, when they do their variants. And they so. released a, a, a special release hazy that I had to pick up. So they just, and they have one in aged in muscat barrels, uh, stout aged in muscat. I mean, they just, they just, they have one aged in port. I mean, they have one with raspberries. I mean, they just, they just go for it, you know? They really do. They, uh, it's 
that's why they're one of our favorites. That's right. So how about you, bud? Budster? I, uh, I watched a Bucks game at a beer bar called the Brass Tap, which has like 60 beers on tap or something in that range. Um, tried a Lakefront Brewery, uh, beer, which is a local one here in Milwaukee, barrel-aged Doppelbach. Oh. I'd never had a Doppelbach that's barrel-aged before. For those of you who don't know, Doppelbachs tend to be more of a spring beer. They got floral notes to it. Uh, it looks dark in color, but it's, it's a little bit lighter uh, in taste. Um, so this was bourbon barrel-aged, and when I tell you this, uh, one of the best beers I've ever had. Mm-hmm easily cracks my top 10 um, that's a hard list to crack it's a very hard list to crack with all the beers that we've been through mm. we put up on our shelf when we were living together in Austin uh, shelf. the bourbon perfectly accentuated the, the doppelbox flavors the floral notes and everything and it had like a smokiness kind mm. of to it as well really tied it all together um, I uh was watching I, th- I forget which Hawks Bucks game it was I want to say it was game three because yes it was game three because Giannis got hurt game four is before that um, but really uh, a great way to cap off the night <laughs> for sure uh, I rated a 4.75 untapped instant classic for me Nice. I, I usually don't go in the 4.75 range. You don't. You're. I, I sometimes get a little emotional when I, I get up there. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a couple beers before that, and you're like, yeah, this is a 4.75. This is a 5.0. Yeah. There was an IPA that I had that I rated. I usually rated 3.75, and I ranked it like a 4.25. So I, was, I was drunk on Memorial Day. I was just like, for the <laughs> really vibes. Feel, just really feeling it. Yeah. Hey, some some nights the vibes are just right, and uh, <laughs> that beer fits the vibe perfectly. So there's no shame in that. Absolutely. Um, let's transition to our airballing of grievances, the part of the show where Zach and I talk about something we need to get off our chest this week. Zach, uh, would you like to go first? I would. Um, I'm going to make this short and sweet. I don't like parades. Oh no. I don't like parades before, you know, you have a ring on your finger. You know? Is is this in reference to something? It's just, it, you know, the Suns, you know. They had a parade? They had a little, they had a little mini parade that uh, coming back from the airport. You had all the mm. guys, like, in uh, cars giving high fives to fans. I mean, COVID isn't over. We still have the Delta variant. So, I like to see Chris Paul and Devin Booker tested, you know, for COVID um, mm. as well. <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm also sensing a, li- sensing a little salt. Uh, no salt. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to be on the sun side. Ex, like... ex rocket, Chris Paul. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, we compare Devin Booker to Kobe, and uh, <laughs> I never saw Kobe go for a parade after a Western Conference Finals W. That's right. He was stone cold Steve Austin. Didn't even celebrate it. That's right. Been there before. Act like you act like you've been there before. <laughs> None of these guys have ever been there before, though. That, and that's fine. But it's it just it's just you know it's like you know proposing to a girl 
And then just like having a wedding day, the day of your, the day you propose to her. It's just like, you have to, you know, you still have to win the finals. I don't know. It's a little premature, a little premature parade. A little PP. That was, <laughs> that was not by far, not the perfect metaphor for that. Uh, it's okay. You, bar- you barely, barely had me there <laughs> for that one. It's like, it's like jacking off and then uh, buying baby clothes, you know? You mm. gotta, you gotta make the baby. That one, that one might have been worse. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like 99% kidding here, but it's just kind of like you know, it's just the Bucks different... got greeted at the airport after they uh, came home from Atlanta. That's for Game six. They didn't ride home in, in convertibles and give high fives to fans. I'm, I'm okay with the fans coming. What if, what if that was just their cars? That's just the cars that they're coming back from the airport. They with. were sitting on the hoods of them. And they weren't even wearing seatbelts going, you know, it's just like, it's just, uh, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a safety hazard <laughs> you know, at that point. It is. You know, it's really just, you know, really wish the cops would do their job sometimes. <laughs> Click it or ticket. Apparently not if you've won a Western Conference Finals, which, no. I guess certain people are ex- exempt. Hmm. Look, I'm 99% joking. It's just, it's just a different mentality is all. Hmm. It's just a different mentality. <laughs> Hey, call me old fashioned. <laughs> uh, oh man, my grievance. Yes, that I need to get off my chest this week. Uh, how the fuck is the Olympics classifying weed as a performance enhancing <laughs> drug? <laughs> <coughs> if anything, that's a uh, inhibiting performance inhibiting drug just you want to be plastered to your couch <laughs> you never smoke weed. in the words of the great robin williams uh the only w- way that weed would be considered a performance enhancing drug is if you had a big fat ass hershey bar at the end of the finish line he said that yeah wow he was uh he did a stand-up bit after michael phelps had the big stand-up oh. do you remember that yeah it was like after 2000 after 2008 olympics yeah it was before 2012 i think like 2010 ish or something like that i remember that yeah but in all seriousness that's it's such bullshit it's like at this point why is that a rule still like shikari shikari fucked up by doing it obviously like she shouldn't have smoked weed when she was about to be in the olympics like you have to know that's a rule but at the same time it's like also just really stupid and shitty i agree and it's not like she took it before a race for anxiety or took it before a race for recovery which that's actually being used in in sports growing starting to be like nfl stop testing for weed so there's definitely a lot of benefits uh for athletes to use it and um but she was using yeah it, it helps for, with um, it helps with uh concussions and stuff mm. too and having your head the insides of your head jostled every couple plays so it's the least the nfl could do to stop testing for it i would think <laughs> so i totally agree with you it's um it's an outdated rule uh but it's really unfortunate it's unfortunate and she was you know her, her mom i think it was exactly her mom, her mom passed just away, passed you know. she said that she was smoking to cope with that so, I don't know. It's tough. You know, if she got shit-faced on uh, 24 bottles of Miller High Life, then, you know. Would have been fine. Would have been fine, is, you know, in the comfort of her home, so. It's not a performance-enhancing drug, apparently. Alcohol. Well, what, it was for you when you were, when, the other night, if you know what I mean. Ah. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a tough situation. 
But uh, what would you say to talking a little bit of basketball, Zach? Hmm. Do you think you could uh, you could go for that? I could oblige. Uh, um, the Suns made the finals for the first time since Charles Barkley, 1993, beating the Clippers um, in six games. Chris Paul with a 41-point closeout game, 16-24 from the field, eight assists, three steals, zero turnovers. The last time Chris Paul had the chance to advance uh, to his first conference finals in 2018, he scored 41 points on zero turnovers. Impressive. So uh, for those who say that he shrinks in big moments, I would like to point Exhibit A to you. I think his hamstring shrinks in big moments, but his hamstring, his shoulder, his whatever, his immune no, he, system. He put on. <laughs> hey, no, he put on a hell of a display. Um, that's why a couple episodes ago I said like he should be the MVP for what he did to that team. But obviously the stats, he would never be the MVP because of the stats, mm. like fourteen and seven, and that's, those aren't even like Steve Nash numbers. So. Um, but his veteran presence and um, just he's got those boys playing him and Monty Williams have those boys playing as a unit. So that's right. And I'm going to, you know, I didn't work has been hell the last couple of weeks. I've been working like 50 or 60 hours and like a lot of late nights. So it's not just like 50 during the day from nine to five, nine to six. So I haven't, I haven't been able to see a lot of these games, but I've been watching highlights, reading storylines. Um, but I will, I'm going to watch every finals game for sure. Yeah, shout out to Paul George too because he had a oh hell yeah of a playoffs hell of a series hell of a playoffs. I mean, he uh, <laughs> he never fails to make some boneheaded thing in a key moment, but uh, you know he did carry that team without Kawhi Leonard. And, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, if Kawhi plays, I think the Clippers win. Oh yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's really hard to it's hard to say. You know if. You know the Suns wouldn't win anyway, but I obviously Kawhi is such a incredible player on both ends of the floor that it's hard to imagine that the Clippers wouldn't, you know, come out on top in that situation. And you know it's been the story of the playoffs: a lot of stars getting hurt, um, and the teams that have remained somewhat healthy have, you know, to their credit, gotten to where they are. But it is a uh, it's been a hell of a injury-ridden playoffs, which sucks. Did you um, have an issue with him not sitting with his teammates or whatever? Like, I, I didn't have a I mean, I didn't Ooh, have Kawhi. a problem. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. Where was he sitting? He was, like, sitting up in the box. Oh. Like, he was in the stadium. Weird. The, I, I, I kind of do have an issue with that. Like, what? <laughs> he was with his what? family, you know? Okay. Okay. But why wouldn't you be on the bench with your team? Like, I feel like that's what, what a leader what? would do. My that's what Noah was telling me. And my biggest thing is always like if a player's hurt, just you should be in you should be in therapy. You should be on you know, you should be getting medical you should treatment. Be in therapy. I mean medical like physical therapy. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be not mental not <laughs> for depression or something. But yeah. Um uh, what was I gonna say? So basically, you know <laughs> I, you know, instead of sitting on a on a hard chair in in, in a suit and tie when you have an ACL tear, but he's sitting on the stands with his, okay, with his family. Like, I was going to say, there's no his difference. street clothes. <laughs> there's no difference. It's not a hard chair. They have cushions. Uh, pretty hard. I'm sitting in one of those chairs right now. It's comfy as hell. 
shout out to the Bucks locker room or Bucks uh, storage. Yeah, room. when I worked for the Bucks, I picked up this uh, vintage March Madness uh, folding chair that was used in game at uh, Pfizer Forum for college basketball. It's a little, a little more firm for mm. obviously, but they you... don't tr- they don't treat the athletes as well in the NBA. You're saying no than college basketball. College basketball, all the athletes get you know top treatment they could possibly <laughs> receive. Yep. Um, did you notice, um, did you ever feel like the, the Suns weren't going to win this series? No, I didn't. I, I had, I mean, they were rolling coming into it and, uh, you know, the Clippers to their credit came back from 2-0 de- deficit the series before that. Um, they went into this series with a 2-0 deficit. So, I mean, it's not like they couldn't bounce back after a slow start but losing Kawhi obviously hurt a lot um I just I don't know this this Suns team both offensively and defensively but like they just seem so fluid they all like play their role they all know their role well they're really well coached I mean it's just so fun to watch them play as a team when they are playing well um that's just a brand of basketball that I really enjoy watching. So, I mean, I always had faith in the Suns. What about you? Yeah, that's what we said before the series. We said if uh, Kawhi can't play, we're going Suns. If Kawhi can play, we're going Clippers. I think that was mm-hmm. our contingency. Is what We did the same thing for um, Philly at uh, Atlanta, and we actually were wrong on that. No, we were right. Sorry. And B played all those games, so we picked the Sixers. Um, so we were wrong. Yeah, we, sorry. we, we were wrong. Sixers. Sorry. In my mind, the Sixers <laughs> should have won that series. Like In your mind, they still did. <laughs> I stopped watching. Like I was watched the first couple, and then I just like stopped watching. I was like, ah, the Sixers got it under control. They got it in the bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, and this will take us into the Bucks, because I know let's we'll spend some more time on the Bucks, but um I think that you know they haven't faced a backcourt of defense or just a defensive team in general, um, like you guys, you know. Chris Paul's going to have to face Drew Holiday in a lot of possessions, and Booker's mm-hmm. going to have to face Drew Holiday at times, and Chris Middleton's a really good defender. So I think Schroeder was a terrible defender. Um, and, you know, the Clippers don't, you know, Beverly, Rondo, um, Reggie Jackson, not the best. They, they don't really have good wing defenders. Um, and that was what the Lakers did well so well last year, and they kind of didn't have as good a defense this year. So I think the Suns haven't seen the quality of defense that the Bucks have had. So that's part of the reason why. I think they've been so fluid is mm-hmm. because um, the other teams just haven't been able to either have the bodies or just have the scheme to, to stop them. And I think you guys have, you know, obviously better defensive players. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, before we, before we completely transition to the Bucks, did you see Steve Ballmer's uh, <laughs> celebration? You sent this to me. <laughs> Weird uh, rubbing down two guys thighs on either side of him. They they weren't having it either. They weren't they weren't happy about it. No, they were like trying to shove him off, and he's just like stroking their thighs up and down like forcefully. Um, <laughs> that's a uh, that's a lawsuit in the making. Oh, that's and, uh, yeah. That's gonna be a thirty for thirty one day. <laughs> the uh, the Clippers were never the same after that moment. <laughs> and oh, um, before we get to the, I don't know. Uh, do you have Rachel Nichols in this? Uh... I, oh, do. You do. I do. I okay. do. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I have her uh, running yeah. out. 
I see uh, it right here. Yep. <laughs> we'll get to Rachel in a second. Okay, uh, great. Or not a second. After we talk about the Bucks, which is going to be more than a second. I was but, kinda hoping we talk about Rachel Nichols before the Bucks, and then just talk about Rachel Nichols the whole time. Just, oh, okay. Just overshadow the Bucks. <laughs> well, she—that's she, what she's best at, isn't it? <laughs> she just has to, uh, you know, take up the the, the spotlight. Yep. Since LeBron can't have it, she's taking it up during the NBA Finals, making um, sure we all uh, have focus on one thing. She's got to stay on that payroll. It's not the Suns of the Bucks. Uh, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez leading the charge, leading the Bucks past the Hawks for their first final berth since 1974 without Giannis Antetokounmpo for the final two games. Found two and a half games. Uh, first off, I guess we talk about the Giannis injury for a second here. Um, I was I was down tremendous. Down to I didn't I didn't even care about the playoffs anymore. I I thought he had torn his ACL for sure, and it was going to be twelve months recovery time or something like that until I get to see him play basketball next. And for it to only be for there to be no structural damage whatsoever. For it to be classified as, I guess, a hyperextension technically, like, is just insane to me. Because if you watch that video of the way his knee bent forward, <laughs> it was like a letter C. It was disgusting. Uh, like I was, oh my god! I let out. He walked. He walked. He walked on it too. Like, yeah. He walked to the locker room on it, and I didn't know if it was just him with the adrenaline running through him, or just trying to be. St- a tough strong leader or something like that i'm like there's no way he didn't like tear something like mcl acl both um but i mean and at that point after the way the bucks responded at the end of like after that injury they just looked like sleepwalking out there it's like yeah. looked like the series was over um what what did you think when you when you saw that injury? well i was you know thinking like Paul Pierce knew the wheelchair to go to the bathroom and, and Giannis just needs to, you know, Giannis just shattered his ligaments and then he can walk off on his own. So thought about Paul Pierce for a little bit. Um, Noah called the me. wheelchair game. Noah was um, not gloating. He was just, he was just genuinely, genuinely concerned. He's just like, you know, all jokes aside. Um, Glad over- he called you. <laughs> well, he didn't want to call you. You know, we have, you know, we have like a unwritten rules of, Certain, because you know, remember when uh, Aaron Rodgers hurt his knee against the Bears like two years ago? We were all yeah. watching it on the couch, and you, you, you know, you tore that apartment up. <laughs> and we kept trying to say it's going to be okay, but you're like, no, it's not going to be okay. And stop talking to me. I don't want your sympathy. <laughs> I don't want you, goddamn. <laughs> you're getting kind of belligerent. You animals. <laughs> then Noah hugged you for like thirty minutes just to, and then, and then Aaron Rodgers had a, a incredible second half and. I don't think yeah, Cole Max ever had the. He pulled the Paul Pierce wheelchair game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was I, 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 when I saw it, I audibly gasped. I mean, it was it's um, it's tough to see. Yeah, and at that point, did you think that the series was over? No, I did not. Um, no you one. Didn't? I made a five dollar bet before the series. Um, I had the Bucks. Uh, he had the Hawks, <laughs> and. Uh, I was looking up things to do, like the best ways to spend $5. Um, and um, <laughs> um, and even after the, 
the injury happened, um, I was like, no, I, I want to keep the bet on. And he's like, no, but Trey Young got hurt, so I, I want to take the bet off. I was like, <laughs> but even before Trey Young got hurt, I was just like, the the Bucks will rally. The Bucks have still have better talent. The Bucks are proven more proven than the Hawks, and um, I never believed in the Hawks. <laughs> um, you didn't I, believe in Kevin Herter. I didn't believe that they beat. I still don't believe they beat the Knicks, and I still don't believe they beat the 76ers. So it makes. You don't sense. believe they beat the Knicks? They handily beat the Knicks. It just doesn't make sense how the Knicks turned from the fourth best team in the East to hardly better than. It, what doesn't make sense to me is like we have talked about previously on this pod, the Julius Randle just yeah. becoming Julia Okafor <laughs> slash yeah. post ACL Jabari Parker. <laughs> he had some good slash... minutes on the Celtics this year. Okay. <laughs> but uh, back to it. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, t- I bet the bar was uh, pretty silent. Uh, I wasn't at the bar for that game. I was with oh. my dad in oh. uh, in my in my basement. Did you guys and, hold hands uh, and say a prayer? Yeah, we just. Uh, I. Uh, Did your dad turn into like, a doctor and start like analyzing the? That's what my dad my, does whenever there's. My injury. dad He's was like, my dad was pissed back, about the uh, my dad was pissed about the effort that the rest of the Bucks players showed at the end uh. of the rest of that game. I'm like, they just lost basically the guy who's going to get them to the finals, like. Wait, Chris Middleton? Regardless. Well, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> all that aside, though, um, once, I think it was the next day, it was before game five, um, we got the news that it was no structural damage for Giannis. However, there was no timetable at that time for when he would return. Um, so it was up to the Bucks to, I mean, the Hawks, Still didn't have Trey Young uh, for game five. And, you know, I said before the game, the Bucks have more talent still. like No question. That's not really, you know, you can't really argue that. No. They have Drew Holiday. They have Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. You know, those, those three guys combined have more talent than the Hawks minus Trey Young. Um, and I said, you know, it's going to come down to coaching and, you know, just kind of aggressiveness and belief that those guys have that they are better and that they can win. And what happens? Brooke Lopez uh, steals Giannis's powers, goes off for 33 points on 14 of 18 shooting, dominates both ends of the ball. Had a couple posters. Oh my gosh, dude. He was catching lobs. He was <laughs> yeah. like doing like floaters from 15 feet out. He was making turnarounds. Like he was looking like Prime Dirk out there. I was at the bar <laughs> for that one. I kept saying Prime Dirk, Brooke. <laughs> Brooke Lopez 50 bomb. Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't quite get there, but uh, <laughs> he showed out on both ends. I was uh, I was hyped about that. And then... To close out the series, Chris Middleton, after scoring five points in the first half, scores 23 in the third quarter, including a personal 16-0 run, and uh, ends the game with 32. Um, didn't Drew have like 11 assists and like nine of them came, not nine of them were fed to Brooke that game? In that, in the game five? Yeah. I think so. Something yeah. like that. It was it was something insane. Yeah. No and to Drew's credit, he snapped out of his funk kinda in those last two games. Like he uh he scored over twenty 
at least in both. Um, I think he scored like 27 in one of them, 25 in the other maybe. he had like, I think he had 25 and 13 in one of those games. Um, so he definitely snapped out of his funk. Also, uh, game six, Jeff Teague revenge game. Uh, 11 points, <laughs> perfect from the field. He was getting booed by the Atlanta crowd, which I don't understand. Like, did he leave them in free agency or something? Like, I thought he got traded. Cause he was he was playing for the he was playing for the Timberwolves. I meant to look it up and I did just it, I never did. But... I don't I, like the fans booing mellow like that. That was thirteen years ago or like it was like <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, if... I don't get but Jeff Teague of all people. Oh, why Jeff would you boo, why would you boo Jeff Teague? Like he had some good years with Atlanta. He helped lead that team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like yeah. those were good years for Atlanta. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That was just weird to me. But then he uh, he shushed the crowd after uh, made, made, wide open made three. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, Chris started. Chris like turned it almost turned into. It's like when Giannis is on the floor, they don't ask him to be that player because he doesn't need to be. But he started putting the ball on the floor, driving. Um, started being more of a ball handler instead of just mm-hmm. a catch and shoot guy. Like that, it's almost limiting sometimes when you guys have him on the wing and throw him the ball with the shot clock with like five seconds left, or it just doesn't seem like like plays are drawn up for him always. Um, it seems like it he... seems like when Giannis doesn't play, they call a lot more plays, which is kind of alarming. Like, <laughs> why don't you call more plays when Giannis is in the game? <laughs> so they, uh, you're saying they can't call plays? It's like. There's plenty of ways you can mix things up in the offense with Giannis on the floor. He's one of the biggest floor benders the game's ever seen. Like when it comes to like being dominant in the paint, um, there's so many ways you can utilize him off ball and on ball. That's not just giving him the ball at the top of the key, but that's what they seem to do. Imagine uh, if the Warriors just gave uh, Curry the ball at the top of the key when they had KD right, and Clay, right? Just like. Exactly. Instead, they were running pick and rolls for him. They were, you know, having him run off ball around screens and you know being a lethal catch and shoot player. But yeah, beside the point, uh, Chris Middleton definitely likes to take over when he's <laughs> the guy on the floor. He showed it when Giannis got hurt last year in the Miami series when he won that game four basically by himself. I remember that. Yeah. Um. He's done it, you know, in the past too with, you know, people have doubted Chris Middleton in the past. Um, A lot of Bucks fans. Namely namely because of that Raptors series where he scored like 14 points per game, 14 and a half points per game or something. You know, granted he's guarding Kawhi Leonard the entire time, but you know, that you can only make so much of an excuse with that. Um, And like obviously Eric Bledsoe, completely disappears so the defense can key in on him and Giannis completely Giannis had a rough series that year too with like he's averaging like 23 and a half points or something like that um the Raptors were a really tough defensive they're a really good defense you know and when you can completely sag off of one of the team's primary initiators being Eric Bledsoe like you can have your way with the other talent, you know? So, but Chris Middleton in the past has shown that he comes up in big moments in the postseason. 
You saw it with the Celtics series. You saw it with the Raptors series, uh, the first Raptors series, um, back in 2017, I want to say. twenty, Yeah, 2017. Um, but... You know, he's shown that he has that, he has that, I guess, change in him where he can kind of take over a game. He can be the guy who can, you know, create his own shot and get hot and just kind of go on a 16-0 run by himself in the third quarter. Like, and he did it multiple times this playoffs too. Game six, critical game six in Brooklyn where he, or against Brooklyn, where he scores 38 points on insane efficiency. He had a thirty-point game, thirty-eight-point game earlier this series against the Hawks. You know he closes out with thirty-two. Um, he's that guy. To me, he's that guy, pal. It, <laughs> to me, in the past, he's always been a little bit streaky. Like he'd go on runs, but then he'd go like super cold and miss. Like makes him just not be aggressive at times. But it's part is, of it's part of what you what comes with the territory with his type of game being not a guy who gets to the hoop as often and he's more reliant on his jump shooting so yeah. you know just by the very nature of that player unless you're like a top player all time you know you're not going to be as consistent as some other stars who do have that in their game yeah i was gonna say this is one of his most complete stretches of, of basketball i've seen in his career because mm-hmm. we all know yeah, he's yeah. one of the most you know one of the best mid-range shooters in the league one of the best tough shot makers in the league but the ability to to score when the defense is actually game planning for you and not for Giannis is uh, it was it was cool to see. Dude stepped it's impressive. up. Impressive, yeah, no question. Yeah, and I feel like what's all the more impressive with this run from Chris is the fact that Drew Holiday's kind of had a lot of struggles this postseason, at least from shooting the ball. Um, and you know he's had stretches where he's been a turnover machine too, and just not really getting anything to work, especially in that Brooklyn series. You know, against the Heat and the Hawks, he's kind of he's bounced back a little bit. But that Brooklyn series in particular, I don't know what what it was about the matchup, but you know he had a tough time. Yeah. And so for Chris Middleton and Giannis to be as dominant as they've been is really impressive. Just with the fact that defenses could probably key in on them a little bit more with the way Bledsoe or not Bledsoe. Freudian slip. Uh, Holiday was playing. <laughs> the coast of playoff Bledsoe has not caught up to Drew Holiday completely yet. He's uh, he's fighting back those demons. <laughs> um, do you have anything more to add on uh, the Bucks Hawks series? It's just um, interesting to see Brooke Lopez go from a guy who I literally said like dude was done in, in <laughs> November, and he was like averaging ten points a game. It took him an hour to go from baseline the baseline to a guy who's dunking over capella making capella look like tark black um <laughs> making him look like a rashawn holmes just kidding i don't even know that's rashawn holmes is good he's a decent player <laughs> he's making, good. Him, making him look like um pj tucker <laughs> making click capella look like pj tucker <laughs> um and PJ, uh, he's you a just great have, you, just, you just have a lot of uh Former Rockets hate, don't you? Make him look like Isaiah Hartenstein. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's when I can get behind. Make him look like Matt Bullard. Um, no, but it's just Miles Plumley. Miles Plumley. Spencer Hawes. <laughs> Spencer Hawes. He could he could hit the three ball, Spencer. Every now and then. He had an ugly shot, but he could hit he could hit it. 
But yeah, go on. I just think you know. That's why I said before the series to to Noah who who doubted that the the Bucks could win the series. It's just you guys have more talent. You guys are starting to play, and I think that 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 series kind of solidified like, hey, you know, even you know, we, like you guys came together as a team, started playing team basketball, and. You know, you're a, a you know a Kyrie ankle away. You're a Giannis intentionally stepping underneath Kyrie while he's in the air, ankle away um, from losing. But you guys came together, and God, um, you were so full of yourself. I told uh, Noah before this, after the Nets game was over, that series was over. I was like, buddy, it, it's over. We just have to accept the fact that the Bucks are going to win the championship. Because after the Sixers loss, the Sixers were probably your biggest obstacle, and then after the Kawhi Kawhi injury, is kind of like. I mean, you guys are playing great basketball, and I don't think the teams that are left that could challenge you just aren't there. And I think you guys and the Suns are going to be great. The Suns are going to be a tough talent. I'm not saying the Suns are a pushover, and we're going to get to that. But I think that the 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 um, heavyweights are out of the way, and you guys are the best team left. I definitely agree with you, um, but we will talk more about that Suns matchup. No question. I am. Uh... Yeah, I, I, over yet. I, I, I am a little nervous about the Suns matchup. Um, That's fair. For a couple, a couple of reasons. But before all that, um, let's get on to, we've talked about both series, talked about uh, the two teams that will be in the NBA Finals this year. Let's get on to some other uh, miscellaneous news before we uh, kind of do our finals preview uh, to end the pod. So we mentioned her earlier, um, Miss Rachel Nichols, uh, created quite the, uh, quite the news sound bites, uh, in particular, but the, the news this, uh, this week, last couple days, she had a private conversation that was recorded, uh, with Adam Mendelson, who I guess I'd never heard of this guy before in my life, but I guess he's one of lebron's close advisors um he's a white guy uh he was i guess responsible he's like the founder of lebron's more than a vote initiative i guess um and in this private convo with rachel nichols uh i guess he was talking about how he's so sick and tired of this these black lives matter and me too people and rachel nichols uh kind of just like laughed and said like i know right um and went on to say about how uh sideline reporter uh maria taylor who is getting the finals gig um to be the sideline reporter for the finals said that she only got that job because she's black and rachel's rachel nichols should have gotten it uh instead and she said, it was in my my contract or whatever uh, with ESPN. ESPN's backing out of my contract now. Um, and so, yeah, that conversation got leaked and rightfully has caused quite a bit of backlash. Um, she made a corny apology on the jump uh, this morning, um, which I saw... Lined up side by side was not as long as a Giannis free throw routine. <laughs> and that says a lot. <laughs> um, I saw a, a tweet about it and someone said, um, you know, people in positions of power are all for change and for progressing until they have to give up um, their position. 
to yeah the people requesting the change. What people say behind closed doors is often quite different than what they oh, absolutely say in a public setting. It's um, just excuse me, Ben. Excuse me. It's just locker room talk. Me and Billy Bush were just shooting the shit, and all of a sudden, some nasty reporter was recording. It's unbelievable. Rachel Nichols is innocent, if you ask me. She's a beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. It's terrible. What these liberals are doing. No, but um, it's just interesting. That was a great Kendrick Perkins impression. (laughs) Um, It's basically what he had to say on the jump this morning in uh, response to Rachel Nichols. What did he say? Like in front of her? He's basically just like... You know, Rachel, I've known you a long time, and uh, I know that uh, you are um, a great person, and you know you would never mean that the things that you said, or something, some bullshit along those lines, which is exactly what uh, I would expect from Kendrick Perkins. And and look, we're gonna we're always gonna see both sides. In this case, I see, you know, it's in her contract. Say say that. Be frustrated about that. It's in my contract. Go to HR about it. Go and to, talk to yeah. HR about how this was in your contract or sure. something. But don't go but and tear down another Exactly. Exactly. Another woman, first off, who's getting a great opportunity. Right. And then to say that she's only getting it because, you know, she's a person of color during this, you know time in our world. Maybe it's because Rachel Nichols is just a terrible post game interviewer. Yeah, or maybe it's because Rachel Nichols is really just not that good of a host either. And, oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> she literally she's literally just is backed by clutch. Essentially, she mm. does anything she can to get uh, the LeBron agenda pushed forward, and uh, that's basically you know yep. a lot of these ESPN people, a lot of these media members will be out of jobs once LeBron James is retired. And she will, be, uh, she will be among them, I think. Hmm. For for this reason. Not for LeBron retiring, but it should be for this reason. Well, even if this didn't happen, yeah. LeBron's retirement would spell uh, the end of the golden era for Rachel Nichols and many others. So Brian Windhorse. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Oh, my God. All right. Um. Oh, yeah. Any uh, any further thoughts on? Uh, oh, there was also um, you know, something going around. The streets oh, were saying okay. About uh, a certain Turkish forward in the bubble. And his canter. Not Turkish center. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rachel Nichols allegedly sleeping with Ersan Ilyasova in the bubble. Um, <laughs> Don't really have I don't I don't know the sources behind it, but it's it's a big enough thing uh, on Twitter where I feel like it has to be mentioned. Um, um, I just I feel like you know we haven't corroborated uh, and triangulated the sourcing on this. <laughs> um, I, I looked it up. I did some research and I found nothing substantial, um, <laughs> but I wanted to mention it anyway. Okay, because uh, I feel like that is too funny not to. Well, you know, Rachel's a by the contract, by the book, and there was strict COVID rules, so I'm sure she was. Uh, I wonder. By uh, I wonder why Ursan. Is it because he looks vaguely like a Bizarro World James or Dave Franco? I don't know how you see that, but <laughs> so many people have said this, and it's like I don't even agree with it really. But like, if you squint really hard, you still are like no. But you know, kind of. <laughs> 
Maybe she know, maybe she likes his flop game. Oh, she is a big fan of flopping. I'll tell you that. Um. All right, uh, let's go to the next uh, news source here. News uh, item. Uh, what do we got, Zach? Okay, uh, Michael Carter Williams, uh, former Rookie of the Year, um, gets drug tested after posting a photo of him looking absolutely shredded at the gym. Yeah, there, he posted it on Instagram, and uh, somebody said, you're about to get drug tested, and he said, I shit you not. I just got a call from the <laughs> league office. He was looking good. And sure enough, sure enough, he uh, posted it on his story the next day as some old dude with a testing kit on his doorstep <laughs> being greeted by his dog. He's like, I promise, it's just the photo. The photo just makes it look like I'm that ripped. I'm not actually that ripped. I didn't gain 60 pounds of <laughs> like, muscle. Like the Mike Bibby picture. Yes, like the Mike Bibby picture. Um, oh my god, it's like a it's like a Ben Simmons summer workout jump shot video. You were that Those poor be deceiving. You were that poor Zingas picture two years yes. ago. Yes. Like oh my two, god. It's like a Dolph uh, or the the Dolph guy from the Rocky Four. <laughs> or like the Giannis Hulk picture. Remember that when he first posted that workout oh, video? Oh, with the, with the weights? Absolute, yeah. Absolutely shredded, yeah. He actually looks like that, though. <laughs> he does. He like turned out that was actually real, yeah. <laughs> a real one. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, Adam Silver making sure that um, the Magic don't uh, get any unfair advantages. Uh, I'm sure. I think, G- MCW. I think their GM made damn sure they didn't get any advantages after those trades <laughs> do you think uh do you think it was weed do you think that was the ped that he took to <laughs> get that big? um last thing uh wrap up before we kind of move on to our basketball segment. bonus fry baller and our finals preview saw an interesting question posed on twitter recently if tampering was made 100 percent legal which NBA exec would go the furthest lengths to woo potential free agents? Is this a question from Adam? No, this is this is this is a legit actual <laughs> thing I saw on Twitter. Which which NBA owners execs? Which, which one do you think would be the most? I think I mean, Steve Ballmer. You already, oh, I, I had him too. Yeah, I mean, what he did. I could totally see what he did for Kawhi already. I could totally see Steve Ballmer decked out in full Chuck the Condor garb, perched on a tree limb outside Zion Williams's window, talking to him about (laughs) specs for the new stadium they're getting in 2024 in, uh, in Compton. I think, I think Aaron Rodgers, part owner of the Bucks. I think he'd he'd go, you know, he's such an engaged, motivated, um, off you know unhinged person i think he would just go to great lengths to so present in the offseason oh yeah he's at every game you know <laughs> he's at more bucks he's at more bucks playoff games than uh packers otas <laughs> little rogers dig there huh <laughs> okay <laughs> i just think it's funny hey, he wants to, he wants to give uh you know, he's Bryce focus- some well, he's, fo- he's focusing on himself right now. You know, yeah, he's got a uh, a, a fresh fiance that he's uh, you know trying to put time into. He doesn't really have time for those off season workouts. He knows what he's doing. 
He wasn't the problem last year. <laughs> he let the rest of those scrubs figure it out. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Matt Lafleur can get a couple more late game practice reps oh, in uh, to know man. whether to kick a goddamn field goal or go for a touchdown with a Hall of Fame MVP quarterback. <laughs> unreal, unreal. That's call. just a thought. It's yeah. just a thought. <laughs> um. Little, uh, little, you know, the bonus fry baller is where Zach and I typically talk about a player, some stats of a player that's uh, performing above expectations, shall we say? But it's kind of turned into kind of just our sabermetric stat, kind of the e- uh, EJ stat segment. of the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, after thirty-seven seasons, a teammate of Shaquille O'Neal will not play in the NBA Finals. Wow. 37 seasons. How insane is that? That's a run. Was Shaq a... When did Shaq make his first finals? Well, what year? he made it in 94. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's played, he, he played entered the league? He played the Rockets, and he, he ended the league in 91 or 2, I think. Okay. Okay. So, it's basically since that point, then. Yeah. That a teammate of Shaq's has made the finals yeah, every and, single year. How is ins- how insane is that? It's just it just shows uh, Shaq's just what a le- what a leader Shaq is. You know, inspiring his teammates to make the finals <laughs> every year. It was I, mean, I think it was just because he would play on veteran teams, and then veteran teams would want veteran guys, and veteran guys have played on a lot of teams. And they may but have... if he was playing, if he was playing with a lot of veteran guys, those guys would eventually age out of the nba and they did like steve he's got to be he's got to be playing with a lot of young talent too that's then going out and having great careers well some of it was that like lebron he played with lebron when lebron yeah the lebron lebron carried uh (laughs) most of those and then Uh, danny green that was a you know he carried danny green uh the spurs (laughs) and then uh the toronto raptors had danny green so that was did he play with Nash ever? No, yeah. Yeah. Right? Because he played for the Suns. Yeah. Was Nash on the Suns at that yes, point? Yes, absolutely. He made an all-star okay. team with the Suns. Okay. So, if the Brooklyn Nets had made the NBA Finals with this... Oh! <laughs> did, it go for co- did it go for coaches as well? I don't know if it counts for coaches. I don't I don't know. I mean, that but, they would have had yeah. to extend the stat to, like, different... It says play in the NBA Finals, so maybe not, mm. not just be in the NBA Finals. Mm. Hell of a run! Hell of a run. Um, I will say, I mean, we could do. I have a little, little small Della Vadova. I don't know if it's worth the whole music, so I'll pause for the music just in case you want to add it. It's the Okay, Delavadova's gonna be playing for the Boomers, the Australian national team. Ooh, this uh, for the Olympics. He's gonna be the star with Ben Simmons not playing this year. <laughs> Him, Patty Mills, um, Bogut, I think retired from the national league uh, national team. So I don't I don't know who else they're gonna have. Delhi's star is going to have the opportunity to shine. Oh, um, what's his name? Being the only point guard now. Uh, Joe Joe uh, Joe Ingles. Yeah, he's gonna be there. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be hell of a team. Oh, uh, star-studded squad. This is a this is the ter- you know this doesn't fit into any segment. But I meant to ask you, what do you think of uh, the slander Ben Simmons is getting for um, buying a house in London instead of practicing a jump shot? <laughs> 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 for sleeping in the off season instead of always working on, on his game. He bought a house in London. Bought a house in London with his uh, with his uh, girlfriend. With Kendall. That's no, dating, Kendall's right? with uh, with D Book. Oh, Kylie. I don't think he. I don't think he went from is sister he not to dating sister. A no, he's anymore. not with the Kardashian anymore. <laughs> Every I don't know. Devin Booker might have finally broken the curse. Yeah, that's that's the thing is Booker. the Kardashian uh, relationships. I think it started with Chris Humphreys, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, you, you could be right. Did uh, Tyler Cun- did Tyler Honeycutt ever date a Kardashian? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Did Pete, did Pete Chillicutt ever date a Kardashian? They always date uh, light skin dudes, it seems. Jordan Clarkson, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, Devin Booker. They have a type. It's clear. Just a uh, basketball player. You know? That's that's yeah. it. Just a bas- that's what she said. She likes she likes basketball players. I guess Lamar Odom <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> I don't I, I yeah. I mean, who else? Who else did they all date? A lot, man. Was Lonzo ever in that? No, no, no. He he had like a high school girlfriend that he went with and then like broke up okay. with her. Yeah, I watched a couple Ball in the Families back in the day on Facebook. I'm sure you did. I did. <laughs> I heard uh, LiAngelo just bought a uh, mansion next to the Ball in the Family mansion. Really? Yeah, I think I, it's based in L.A. Yeah, I saw an interview with him. He said he's been working on his game. He's just He's just waiting for the call. Good for him. Maybe uh, the main red claws will have an open roster spot at some point. The what? The main red claws. <laughs> Is it like an M team? Or the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Oh my god. The Pawtucket Red Sox. <laughs> uh, Round Rock Express. Yeah. Let's move on to our NBA Finals preview. The Bucks. Oh, here we go. First time in an NBA Finals since 1974. The Suns, first time in an NBA Finals since 1993. Two franchises uh, with a lot of storylines leading into it. Chris Paul with uh, the opportunity to finally hold a Larry O'Brien after years and years of trying to get there. Years and years of slander for not getting there. If the league allowed the Chris Paul to the Lakers trade to go through, oh my God, Kobe would have Chris Paul and Kobe, right? Oh, Kobe would have seven. (sighs) Although uh, the Nash Bryant backcourt didn't work out too well. (laughs) Okay, that was the year the Nash was like maybe Kobe just can't play with the. Other star backcourt. That was like three years after that trade, and then Nash was like forty-two. And Kobe was carrying that team, playing like 38, 39 minutes a night and tore his Achilles. Dwight Howard was carrying that team. <laughs> I kid, I kid. No, it's just, I know you're kidding. It's just, just tough to think about. Who's stopping them? It's like, the Celt- it's like that Celtics uh, Sports Illustrated cover. 
They had a Sports Illustrated cover for them too. Oh, I know, I know they did. They the parallels just they remind me of each other. <laughs> a stacked, quote unquote, stacked team. Howard was playing in like playing like Andrew Bynum after his bowling alley incident. That's how that's what <laughs> Howard was playing like. Hey, Andrew Andrew Bynum, he had some good years. He did. He had some really solid years. No question. Two really good years. And they won championships those years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I digress. Back to the finals preview. Yeah. Um, Bucks are still unclear when Giannis will go. Um, mm. He was listed officially as doubtful earlier uh, today. But, I mean, it was talked about that he could potentially play in a game seven, if need be, against the Hawks. Um, that would have been Monday, which Damn. is today. Um, finals start tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, so I think it's possible that he comes back for a game one. They might just list him as doubtful, just to list him as doubtful, kind of screw with the Suns game plan or <laughs> something. But yeah. I wouldn't blame the Bucks for not wanting to start him game one and forcing him back too early. I mean, no obviously there was no structural damage, but it was still a pretty scary injury. Still uh, don't want to test anything with a knee um, before that player's ready to go. So, you know, I think, I think the bucks without Giannis and the Suns that's a fair fight. Like, I think that's a bloodbath seven game series, but with Giannis fully healthy, I think it's a five or six game series personally, but Giannis, really? isn't, Giannis isn't healthy. And even if Giannis comes back game two, it's he's probably not going to be a hundred percent even when he comes back. So yeah. I think it's still going to be a hell of a series. Um, and we'll get into more of it, but I just wanted to interject that. I think that without Giannis, I think I don't think the Suns overpower you guys. Yeah. Um, so the Suns and the Bucks played two regular season games uh, this year, Suns won both by a combined two points, <laughs> so they won by one both times. <laughs> one of the games, Drew Holiday didn't play. Um, so I mean, you can never really put too much stock into regular season games. No, um, matchups wise, teams aren't really showing all the cards that they have, and you know, might just be an off night for a team or something like that. And no question, um, you know, the Heat beat the Bucks, I think, two of the three games they played this year, and then the Bucks went and swept the Heat. So um, definitely not something to put too much stock into, but that's just the history of the teams this thus far. Uh, Jay Crowder um, is a Bucks killer on offensive and defense uh, with the Heat last year. So he yeah. will probably be tasked with guarding Giannis in a lot of situations. Um, the thing with the Suns is they do have a lot of players that could potentially guard Giannis. It's just a matter of, you know, how healthy Giannis is. Um, I could see if he was slowed down at all, those players could definitely uh, affect him. Um, Bridges, Crowder, even Aiton's had some success. Uh, against him um and you know usually usually the best Giannis defenders are not one guy it's usually multiple 
it's a team effort. You know, you can't just focus in on him. With Brooke Lopez playing the way that he is right now, uh, they might not be able to help off him as much. Um, he might be able to fill those, like, streak towards the hoop, fill that dunker spot when Giannis is getting double or triple teamed. You know, you can always pass it out to him when he's sitting on the perimeter, but I think he's better. I think the Bucks are better served with him trying to bang it down low and, you know, do what he's been doing best these playoffs, getting in the paint, dominating the paint in restricted area. Um, I guess, you know, the Bucks are down a defensive guard in Dante, uh, DiVincenzo, these playoffs, and they're facing the best backcourt they'll see. I mean, not counting the Nets, who didn't have a healthy backcourt. You know, I think Dante is is basically for the rest of his career will always be a first. I mean, he's kind of like Kobe, Kareem, LeBron. When you say Dante, you already know. You don't have to say Divincenzo. It's just Dante. It's one name. It's yeah. like Beyonce or Rihanna. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a one name kind of player. Yeah, there, there aren't too many other Dantes out there. <laughs> just no, just how great he is. That's that's what it is. Ah, okay. I think, you know, maybe this Giannis injury, if he comes back healthy and starts playing well, it kind of helps the Bucks in a way because I think some of the other Bucks were kind of like, oh, we'll let Giannis take us. Like Giannis, if we, as Giannis, as long as Giannis plays well, we'll be fine. We don't, I think Giannis not playing, how it may turn out. This could just be hindsight and just correlation without causation, but they kind of unlocked their, you know, they're all great players individually at one point in their careers. Like Brooke, Nets all-time leading scorer. Drew's a, a hell of a player. Like this may give them confidence. Like, hey, we just we just did this by ourselves. When Giannis comes back, it'll be more of a team effort instead of just Giannis go get forty-five. So it may unlock them and give them the confidence that they need individually. So I think it definitely gave them a lot of confidence being able to close out the Hawks after what was essentially a tied series or was a tied series at that point. Then two-two, and you know bouncing back after how miserable they played in that game four post Giannis injury and even pre Giannis injury, they just came out sleepwalking that game to come out and Brooke Lopez have a night like he did in game five, Chris Middleton have a night like he did game five and six, but or yeah, five and six. Um, but most notably game six with the way he took over in that third quarter. Um, Drew Holiday being able to snap out of his funk, like I mentioned before, and just getting contributions from guys off the bench, like or forced into the starting lineup, like Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis had a hell of a game five, yeah. um, and you know he didn't shoot as well in game six, but he still came up with some big buckets when it counted and scored a decent amount. Um, getting real good contributions from like Pat Connaughton off the bench the last like. Honestly, this playoffs, he's been having a pretty solid playoffs, all things considered. So are you, can you will you promise to never complain about that contract ever again? Or the Pat Connaughton contract? If you guys win the championship. <laughs> I will refrain from complaining about the fact that they could have paid Con- Pat Connaughton three or four million less. Um the Con- if the Bucks win a championship. Yeah. Fair enough. Not a second before. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um John Horst didn't know how to work the cap for first couple weeks of uh, free agency. It's okay. But it all worked out in the end. It did. He's playing, he's playing the long game. They got PJ Tucker. Yeah. For uh, DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson. Steal of the century. 
I mean, the Rockets, like, we don't need him anymore because we're not. He's a champ. He's a guy who should be on a championship team. You put him on a a bad team, he's going to look bad. Put him on a good team, he's going to, he's that glue guy. He's that, he's that guy who. If you put him on a bad team, he's forced to actually do things with the basketball in his hands (laughs) other than shoot corner threes. And he's not, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. He's not that guy, Phil. Oh, he played really good defense on KD. We got blown up by 40. You know, it's just, it's just different. Chris Middleton was running the fast break in game six and he had PJ Tucker trailing and he passes to him wide open. PJ Tucker blows the layup, <laughs> blows the wide open layup. And Chris Middleton has to like follow it up and tip it in. Um, that's, that's just, you know, PJ Tucker's offense at this point in a nutshell. nutshell. Did you see PJ Tucker was wearing um, Kobe, the Kobe uh, one pro tros. He was wearing, um, he was wearing, Devin Booker's player edition, Kobe, like old school Kobe. Like it was like a Devin Booker hasn't worn. I think Devin Booker may have worn them for the 70 point game. Don't quote me on that. But it's like a, a shoe that, because uh, Devin Booker wears the Kobe, uh, Kobe fours uh, pro tro, but he doesn't usually wear the Kobe one. So today in practice, PJ Tucker was wearing his son's um, uh, Devin Booker player edition Kobe during, uh, during practice. <laughs> I don't know that if it was, was. I don't know if it's an homage to they were former teammates, and it's like a respect thing, or it's like a trolling. So I don't know. But I don't know the shoe I game. Mean, they were former. They were former teammates. I think he. Yeah. Really, but, well, you know, actually, PJ Tucker was quoted. Um, he was asked about Devin Booker and how he's been playing these playoffs, and he said, um, "Everybody that was in that Suns organization at the time when he was just entering the league, they knew that he would be this player at some point." Like. They knew he was. He had that in him. He had so much unfair criticism from. Oh, he's not a winner. He had a ter- he had dragon bender. Like I mean, like come on. Yeah, he's got. He's got Bob Sarver running his organization. Like, come on, they they had a terrible team. They they were they had Brandon Knight as their backcourt mate with him for a while. So um, another non sequitur non sequitur. Um, does the DeAndre Ayton draft? make more sense now because a lot of people are like oh how do you not get you know i think it was luca at the, i yeah, forgot passed, it's no excuse to pass up on luca still um mm. <laughs> however he you know he drew a lot of unfair criticism just from that yeah the fact that a team multiple teams passed up on luca Doncic, but the fact that you know he was in that mix fair or unfair um, you know, it definitely doesn't make sense in the sense that they don't have Luka Doncic, <laughs> but it looks a lot better than, yeah. you know, if he turned out to be a dud or something, yeah. which, you know, he was never, I don't think he was ever going to be a dud. Like he had the skill set in from college. Like you could tell that he was going to be, you know, a really, you know, good player, at least on offense. Um, and it just kind of depended on if he could put it together def- defensively and you know how you know at the time especially the game was moving away from centers so but it seems like that's starting to you know come back around a little bit and centers are starting to be a little bit more important in I mean, today's game you know gmc and b gmc Jokic, and it's kind of like well they've had success bringing you know, the defense in the old hakeem Draw the defense in, kick out the shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Aiton isn't 
doesn't play that way. Aiton's just not super athletic, and he that you know he's able to put the, put the ball on the floor, and that's what you know. So yeah, well, just this season, I mean, the way we've seen centers be so important in the postseason. Yep. Oh, no you question. Know, with with um, Zubac um, being the only guy who can guard Jokic, or like. Uh, um, with the when when with the Blazers, oh, Nurkic, and Nurkic being the only one who could guard Jokic, you know, and having Jokic be that big of a problem, and then having you know Brook Lopez being as dominant as he's been in this run. How about you um, know, Capella's defense on Embiid? You know, Capella's you know got abused by yeah. Brook, but a couple games there, but you know Capella's playing great defense on Embiid, even though right. Embiid was dropping Embiid, 35. It's like the PJ Tucker def- dropping 35 on a torn meniscus, but it's like the PJ Tucker defense on KD, you know, you do what you can. It's not that it's not, you know, he's not playing defense like Ennis Cantor. He's not playing def- that bad. He's not playing defense like Kareem in yeah. 1971, but he's playing, he's playing good defense. And then Aiton, just the way, like he's been so dominant on both ends for the Suns in this yep, run. Like no he's uber efficient and, you know, really putting it all together defensively as well. Um, you know, centers are making a comeback. So it ben, used to be, it used to be where every team was wanting to go small. Yeah. And the old Hampton five, the two teams that have made the finals have two centers that are, you know, dominating on both sides of the basketball. So. Well, let's let's Brooke had like two good games, so uh, let's let's chill on the the dominating. Well, just the way Brooke has reinvented himself <laughs> these playoffs, it's like he's definitely playing a better role than he had in the past. He, he's not just a th- three point spot up guy. He's not a three and D guy. Yeah, he's you know he's always had more to his game than that. He's going back to the old 2011 Nets Magic. I mean, Brooke Lopez was doing really well against the Heat, too, in that first-round series. He kind of faded a little bit further into the background in the in the Brooklyn series, just out of necessity for not being able to play drop, drop coverage as effectively with KD. But, I mean, he still had came up in really key moments in that series, and he still you know, was able to score. And that's, that's because the Nets, does, Nets really didn't have a center. The Suns yeah. have a center, so it, and that and that shows how important centers have become. You know, the Nets didn't have a center. Well, they also didn't have Kyrie and Harden, but um, Ben. Okay, well, you can't you can't uh, always rely on three injury prone superstars to be healthy all at the same time. So maybe build a better team. If they had Lamarcus Aldridge, they win that series. But um, Ben, what is, <laughs> oh, I'm joking. What, I'm joking. What is so? What is your prediction? You maybe you can walk me through game by game if you want, but just what's your let's move on to what's your prediction for this series? Besides Bucks and Six, which is gonna be your ultimate answer, but <laughs> how'd you guess? <laughs> the prophecy's fulfilled. The prophecy has already been fulfilled. The Bucks getting to their first finals since nineteen seventy four off of Bucks and Six. First Bucks and Six since uh 1983, I think. I told Ben I could have had Bucks and Four, Bucks and Five, Bucks and Seven. It just had to be fucking Bucks and fucking goddamn fucking Six. That's right. That's right, baby. <laughs> I will be insufferable this mm-hmm. offseason. You already if the Bucks win a championship off of Bucks and Six. Um... <laughs> so what do you got for me? What do you see here? So my series prediction. Ben Stradamus. 
I think that the Suns will give Giannis some issues if and when he comes back. Um, however, I think that those other Bucks stars that we've mentioned previously, Middleton, Drew, Lopez, I don't know if you'd call him a star, but, you know, two-way starter. Um, <laughs> he goes from star to two-way upper, starter. <laughs> upper upper echelon. Uh, Utility big man. Center in the league. Um, what do you do? The face you just made with that. He is a top defensive center in the league, and he brings something offensively. He's playing like that currently, yes. He's up He's there. He's been playing like that since like, January. Like, like, don't give me that like, shit. Like February, but you know, he's shown that he's been scheme resistant. Except, for, except for the, the net, except for the Nets. He still came up with key blocks, and he was playing out there switching on guys. He had one good block. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You watched one game. I watched. I watched all the Nets Bucks games. Yeah, right. I did honestly. I did. You watched. You watched all the highlights of the Nets. No, no, no. Games. I swear, I watched all the Nets Bucks games. I didn't watch. I, I'm honest. I didn't watch as many Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals just because the schedule work schedule. But I watched every fucking one of those Bucks Nets games because I was okay. That, yeah, carry on. Back to my back to my broader point. Yes, I'm you, sorry. You and I. You mentioned that this Giannis injury could boost the confidence in some of these guys, and I think that'll be key in the series. I think that. Drew Halliday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, all of them have to step up offensively in this series, I think, because not only do we not know if Giannis is going to be 100%, but this was already going to be a tougher matchup for him than the Brooklyn Nets or the Atlanta Hawks. And even the Miami Heat, this iteration of the Miami Heat. Um, So this was going to be the toughest defense that Giannis saw no all year no question all, not all year but all postseason um between bridges crowder ayton um you know that they have the opportunity to be able to you know double him triple him maybe with those guys at one time um but that's just going to mean that those other bucks players are going to have to step up and be able to hit big shots and you know be able to capitalize when the defense is keying in on Giannis and I think that they can do that based on what the what they've shown these past couple series um so with that being said um you know I think this backcourt that uh this backcourt that the Suns have has given the Bucks trouble in the past Devin Booker has consistently been someone that has great games against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but, you know, that's regular season. That's them playing their base defense, their base drop coverage. Um, Bud, to his credit, has shown that he's adjusted this playoffs more than any other playoffs that he's been a part of. Um, you know, he's he's done switching one through five. He's done, you know... Uh, switching one through four with Brooke Lopez hanging back in the drop. He's done the regular drop coverage and stuck with that. He's gone over screens, gone under screens. You know, he's called out different looks uh, to challenge opposing offenses. Um, So we'll see how that plays out. I think that you probably want 
Drew Holiday on Devin Booker or Chris Paul, I guess, depending on who's hot. But, you know, I would probably start out with him on Booker. Um, it might, you know, it's, it's interesting who you like would decide to put Giannis on, but I think an interesting wrinkle could be to maybe try to put Giannis on Chris Paul. Cause he's not a guy who takes a ton of, a ton of like off the dribble threes, like pull up threes at the top of the key or anything like that. He's more patiently looking around pick and rolls, you know, trying to kick out to open guys or settling for that mid range jumper, which he's elite at. Um, but with that slow methodical pace that he plays at, it could be more conducive to having Giannis navigate that pick and roll with him being able to recover quickly and, you know, block that mid range jumper that Chris Paul has. Um, I think that he has the recovery and length to bother a six foot point guard who basically settles for mid-range jump shots a lot uh, in his offensive game. So that's an interesting wrinkle they could choose to do. I wouldn't really want Giannis guarding a guy like Jay Crowder, who's constantly running around screens and stuff, trying to get open because I've seen that story before uh, last year with the heat and Giannis could not keep up with him and he torched them um, consistently. So if, if it becomes a problem with that, I would definitely look at sticking Giannis on Chris Paul. Um, That's getting a little into the nitty gritty, but for my overall prediction for this series, I'm going bucks and six. And it's, it's not even me being, I know, you know, it's it's not even me. It's fine. I think it's, it's something that a lot of people would probably pick. I know. Um, And, you know, obviously it depends on how healthy Giannis is, how quickly Giannis comes back. I mean, the Bucks and Suns probably have comparable talent, straight talent with, if you take away Giannis. Yes. Um, I think I would lean. I'd lean to the I'd Suns. I'd probably lean Suns a little bit just with how great Aiton's been. Um, and, you know, obviously you have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and, you know, they have a lot of really good role players. Campaign has really done well as a backup point guard for them. And, you know, you got Bridges, who's incredible defensive talent. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think if Giannis does come back in at some point during this series, I think the Bucks can rally around that and, uh, and win their first championship in... 50 years. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes down to if Jay Crowder is going to hit his shots because the Suns were struggling. The Suns struggle when Jay Crowder misses his shots. It's just the ball kind of stops with him. It becomes, um, it just boss like, man. 99. Like it's the same way with the Mavericks and Tim Hardaway. When Tim Hardaway is hitting his shots, the Mavericks become a different team. Um, and the, the nets with, without, Kyrie and Harden, the Sun, the Nets were a different team when Jeff Green had twenty eight. So I think Jake, you know, Booker and Chris Paul are going to get theirs, but and Aiden's going to get his. But um, you know, when Jake Crowder is hitting those outside shots, it just makes the defense have to rotate that extra mile. And um, you know, so the ball doesn't stop with Crowder; the ball stops with a basket. So 
Um, as far as Giannis on Chris Paul, I think if Giannis is hindered in any way, he's going to have to play off Chris Paul. And then that's when Chris Paul does his best work is when a big man plays off of him. But Yeah, but Giannis isn't a big man per se. No, and I'm, I'm saying if, but if he's hurt, he's going to play. He's going to be mobile like a big he's man. He's going to be slower probably. be slower. But, you know, he's walking around with the airport without a brace, you know, or in the hotel without a brace. So we'll see how healthy Giannis is. Um, uh, it's going to be tough to game plan for the uh, for the Suns because you don't know how healthy Giannis is going to be. And you don't know, you don't want to double or triple a hobbled Giannis. You know, you if you double and triple a, ho- a hobbled Giannis, Chris Middleton's going to have 45. So, it, it, but if you don't double and triple Giannis, then Giannis starts to get hot, starts to get rolling, and he starts to feel a little better. And now Giannis has 30 because you you had Bridges on him or you, you had Crowder on him and, and Crowder got into foul trouble. And then Bridges got on him. Bridges got into foul trouble. And now Giannis. So I think um, it's going to be interesting for the Suns how they play Giannis if they come out and they just kind of say, all right, let's just see how he goes and we're just going to put a single guy on him. Um, because you don't, want to, you don't want to double a hurt player and then sacrifice your rotations and sacrifice open shots to guys who are healthy and guys who just want to uh, – beat the Hawks so um yeah it's definitely tough for the Suns to game plan just not knowing how hurt Giannis is because like if you game plan for Chris Middleton and just say we're gonna live with Giannis and then Giannis turns out to be basically 100% or 90% or something then you just get blown out of the water in game one yeah Bucks go on a 25 point run or something like that, or like a 18 point run. That's tough to come back from. Yeah. From a morale standpoint, you know, just basically having wasted that first game thinking that a guy was going to be more hurt than he was. Yeah. So So. that'll be interesting. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how you guys use Drew Drew Holiday, whether you put him on Chris or, uh, sorry, Chris Paul or Devin Booker. Yeah. and Devin Booker, as great as a player he is, and I, I do like Devin Booker as much as I pretend to hate him on this podcast, I do like Devin Booker. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see because sometimes he has some streaky series. Like even though he's dropped, he can drop forty five. He can also drop fourteen and fifteen on like eight of nineteen shooting, or, or like five of nineteen shooting. And it's more of the Chris Paul's shoulder a lot of the load. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see. I mean, the Hawks went on a great run, um, and then eventually they, you know. Trey has five turnovers in the final game, five of 14 shooting. He's hobbled. So that magical run starts to end. The Suns feel like a more complete team than the Hawks. So I don't know if that magical run is going to end for them. I think it's going to roll up their sleeves and get to work. So um, I think it's going to be a nitty and gritty series. I don't think Giannis is going to be able to come back fully healthy for any of them. Um, and I, I think that's going to hurt the Bucks with him trying to play. I could see the Suns winning this series. And I, I'm playing both sides of the aisle here, but I could, you know, if Giannis comes back and isn't fully healthy and he tries to play and he's not able to get 20 and he has a couple turnovers, liability on defense, I could see the Suns stealing the series. But I don't think that, I think that's a, uh, a black swan event at the end of the old uh, um, Monte Carlo simulation. So I don't think that can happen. And I'd put, if I had money uh, to bet, which I do, but I'm not going to choose to bet. Um, <laughs> I am. Um, I bet on the. I bet on the Bucks. Six is a good number. As much as I was giving you shit, you're right. Six is a good number because it kind of gives you the, you know, if Giannis plays well, if Giannis doesn't play well, five, seven, six is like a kind of a cop out answer in any series, but that's fine. Um, I'm joking. I don't think six is a cop out answer. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I can see the Bucks winning this. Um, 
I'm not going to say six because you said six, but I could see them. I'll, I'll say Bucks and seven. But I think it's like not even like a. I think like they try to bring Giannis back. Maybe he gets hurt again. So there's a couple games. I think it's just going to be a game of runs. There's, I think there, there's going to be some blowout games. I don't know. I think it's going to be up and down series. It's not going to be a linear series. So, uh, but I think the Bucks are going to win in seven. The Bucks have only had one linear series this postseason, and it was sweeping the Heat. <laughs> yep. So, I fully expect it to be a anxiety ridden roller coaster for me. Um, but I could also see the Suns just kind of playing. I don't know. But Chris Paul's going to have him ready. He's going to have him ready. Yeah. But like you said, this is the best defense that the Suns will face. And the best defense the Bucks face. And that's not to say like it's nothing against the Clippers. The Clippers had a solid defense and we're playing really they well. They did, but you know, not having Kawhi changes that, but not having Giannis changes this. So <sighs> Yep. <sighs> we'll see how okay, plus or minus how many games does Giannis play? Do you think they sit him game one and just get see how the see how the troops roll out there? I think if he doesn't play game one, he'll definitely play game two. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. What if the Bucks win by twenty five in game one? And he doesn't play. I think he'll still want to really he he'll still want to play enough where he'll probably play yeah. game two. He's not wearing so, a brace, so I think that that says a lot, you know. Yeah, and within I mean, I don't know. I think it was a, some beat writers for Milwaukee were saying that he's been making significant progress in like private practice workouts and stuff like that it's getting back on the floor so i wish him all the best yeah hopefully he gets out there as soon as he's able to and we get to see full products for both teams you I, know? I just hope that you know the bars are ready for a bucks and six victory <laughs> i hope i hope the milwaukee bars are ready for me <laughs> You and your, when Bucks, your squad. When the Bucks when the Bucks win in six, it's gonna be an absolute problem. You and your squad uh, of Goonies. <laughs> gonna be a problem, just like I was after the uh, Bucks <laughs> won Game Seven, Brooklyn. Not as much of a problem when the Hawks, because it's kind of you know more of an expected, but it's like kind of a you know you know it's got hurt, so it's kind of like oh we won, but it's not as like surprising. I was also like the entire life was drained from me midway through that series when I saw Giannis go down. So I was like, I was in a very confused emotional state when I saw the Bucks winning. It's like very happy, but at the same time, like I had just sworn off caring about anything other than Giannis's well-being, wow. including the postseason. And then turns out the Bucks actually had the stuff in them to win it without him. Yeah. Which you know, as a, as a Bucks fan, I never, never have complete hundred percent faith in the Bucks. Well, good to know that your 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 mental health is is being buoyed by basketball and not you know right. being it's, sunk by basketball. My me- my mental health is completely hundred percent tied to the uh, performance of the basketball team in my geographic region. Th- so that sounds like a certain tweet from that. Uh, does it? Who's that uh, tweeter for the the Grizzlies? Uh, fast break breakfast. No. The oh uh, Molly Morrison. Molly Morrison. That's like her pin tweet. Is like your mental health isn't tied to the success of your basketball team. I feel bad for you <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's accurate. 
It's accurate. I don't know why um, I know her pin tweet. It's not like I've ever. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, oh, she's, a, gonna, she's a great basketball. We're gonna mind. roll right past that. Um, great basketball mind. That's just about does it uh, for this episode of the Backseat GM podcast. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Simplecast. Um, go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Backseat GM Pod. <laughs> Gonna start posting a little bit more on Instagram, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, always, always like to see. Yeah, you don't you don't do anything, so I wouldn't expect you to know about any of the plans that we have going on behind the scenes. I mean, I'm, not, I'm never invited to the, social to the meetings that you you put together with you and the board. Ah, I'm not invited yeah. to the board meetings. Apparently, you, you would you, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't care regardless. So yeah, I just I see Backstreet GM posted on Instagram, and I make sure not to view it. You know, but. Uh, Okay. I'm just yeah. kidding. I do. All right. Uh, ben, it was a pleasure seeing your uh, mustache dressed face. Yeah. I, I uh, did a mustache for the 4th of July. <laughs> just felt uh, felt like an American thing to do. Did you wear white socks and jean shorts and New Balances? or? I didn't have jean shorts, but okay. I, I went to a pool party, so I, I, was wearing, I was wearing a swimsuit, bottoms, and a white cutoff. You're, uh, you're a problem right now. I am a problem. <laughs> Just imagine me in a week and a half when the NBA Finals are over and the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. El problemo. I hope the Nets sweep you guys next year. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Zach. Goodbye, my friend. Sweet dreams.